The Buffalo Beat is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. The Bills will be back home with a game against the Ravens in a couple of weeks now. But to get in the door at the lowest price possible and the best seats possible, check out GameTime. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Buffalo Beat. We have a very condensed week on the horizon in terms of podcast to you, but this is the first of the uh, Fast and Furious because the Bills were able to get a second straight convincing victory, this one over a much more difficult opponent than what they saw last week down in Miami. The Bills claiming a 20-3 victory over the Denver Broncos in a uh, in a game that, quite frankly, never really seemed in doubt. So the Bills are now 8-3 and three on the season. Welcome in, everyone, to the show. Uh, thank you for joining us, however you are, whether it be on the Athletic Podcast Network or on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, whichever. Uh, thank you for joining us. And if you're on one of the... Uh, the free avenues, be sure to uh, rate and subscribe to the show. But Matthew Fairburn, my fearless co-host, uh, the Bills actually did the damn thing. And when we w- went into this game, we were like, okay, we're going to learn some stuff about these guys. Because last week, Miami, the, the talent's just not there on that roster. But this week, Denver's got talent on both sides of the ball, you know, quarterback notwithstanding. And the Bills just shut them down all day. Yeah, I, th- I thought the the defense, you know, reverted back to, you know, really the last couple of weeks has reverted back to early season form when they looked like uh, a potentially dominant team. And we hadn't seen that for a while. And I think, you know, what happened today was a few of the Bills' key players played the way they need them to play in the stretch run of the season for them to be successful. Tredavious White erased Cortland Sutton and without Cortland Sutton Brandon Allen didn't have much of anywhere else to go uh quite frankly the offensive line wasn't giving him a lot of time to throw and you know he was a guy that was kind of locking on to Cortland Sutton a lot and who wouldn't because Cortland Sutton is by far their best player uh, on offense and when Tredavious White can match up and take a guy like that away and there's not another option that's a, a big threat you know, you're going to be able to confuse a guy like Brandon Allen by disguising your coverages, doing things like that. So good to see the Bills defense take advantage of a young quarterback and sort of a I mean, they've got a good a good rushing offense that they shut down thoroughly today. Matt Milano, another guy that had a great game, seems to be playing his best football when they need him most. And when you flip over to the other side of the ball, Josh Allen was efficient he had the one ugly turnover another interception that was dropped um almost fumbled on that one uh, scramble but those two scrambles early in the game on third down to extend drives that went 17 plays and 12 plays 
Neither one of them should have gone that long if Josh Allen didn't scramble. And then to throw the deep touchdown to John Brown and one where he's getting hit in the face, um, you know, taking a huge hit, thrown to Cole Beasley. Everything that you'd like to see, and two weeks in a row now against an inferior opponent, beating them convincingly, It's uh, they're playing, I would consider, their best football at the right time because the schedule is about to get real. Yeah, it is. Um, and I agree with you. But before we get back into the Bills points, did you like nonchalantly work in a Drew Locke pun? You said Brandon Allen locked on to Cortland Sutton. I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't do it on purpose. You got Locke on the brain? I think, I think there's a lot of people that want to see Drew Locke. Yeah, and I think so too. I think right, probably rightfully so. I, I didn't really think Brandon Allen had much of a chance back there today. No, he didn't. Um, you know, the stats were really ugly. I think he threw for four yards in the second half. Uh, I think he was, what, 82 yards total yeah, uh, in the game. There. Those look really bad. The Bills have made a lot of quarterbacks look bad. They've made lesser quarterbacks that, uh, than Brandon Allen, or better quarterbacks than Brandon Allen, I should say, look just as bad at times. So I don't pin too much on him, but I think people in Denver are going to be clamoring for that rookie quarterback to figure out what they have and mostly to figure out what they have in their their decision-maker over there in John Elway. Yeah, wouldn't it be something if um, – I think this would be for the third time this season that the that the Bills would be go, going up against a team and then the next week they make a switch at quarterback, which is kind of funny. Um, but back to the Bills and what they did defensively because that was the most important part. Brandon Allen I think will wind up being the worst quarterback they face all year. Um, I don't think it's that much of a stretch. Because he, as you pointed out, he honed in on Cortland Sutton. And when that first read isn't there, when the first thing that he's supposed to do doesn't go correctly, then he just comes apart at the seams. And we saw time and time again where the Bills were getting pressure against an offensive line that seemed overmatched at times. So another good part to this was that the defensive line was getting it going. And then... The fact that they were able to, I don't even know if they sold out to stop the run, but that they stopped it so soundly. And Philip Lindsay is a good runner. I don't think people should overlook the job that the run defense did in this game because if he gets out into some space, he can make people miss. He's a smaller guy, shifty, um, and he's made some defenders look silly. And the fact that they were able to stop him basically all game, I mean, he, he got a, popped a couple of bigger gains, but nothing huge. And... That's that's basically what what is this team's formula. I mean, Josh Allen wasn't incredible. Did he make two clutch throws? Absolutely. The ball to John Brown, which you talked about. The throw to Cole Beasley over the middle of the field um, on a third down to get a touchdown where he just got rocked. I mean, that's, that's a big play. But they didn't need him to be that 300-yard guy. They just used him as a complimentary piece. And they used the defense to buoy them into the victory. And honestly, this was just a total victory. I can't go through the roster and tell you a single person that I that I take, you know, some... Uh, I don't see something good out of. This was just a complete win. And that, to me, is a great, great thing for a team in their 11th game of the season. And now, what should be, only two victories short of clinching a playoff spot. Maybe even one in the AFC, yeah. depending on how things go. Things are getting 
pretty messy in Oakland the AFC. Lost. Oakland lost by quite a bit. I don't want to have the same thing happen that happened last week. They were getting smoked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, no, the Jets beat them pretty that, sad. Right, it was that, like 34-3, I think. I don't want to be saying that they lost <laughs> and then they made some comeback. I quite like that moment of last uh, week's pod. But you've got Oakland losing. The Steelers had a real scare against the Bengals, so they're looking pretty shaky. The team that's sneaking up is uh, the Cleveland Browns. That's what we were talking and, about and on the playoff that pod. Because that's the one team that you know has the tiebreaker. So you know the Titans had another another win today, um, or it looks no, like no, they're no. going to. They're playing right now. Yeah, right? they're playing the Jags. Are they are they dominating them? I didn't even look. I think they are, mm-hmm. um, but. Point being, nine might get you in, which is, um, which means at this point you can almost start blocking off the first week in January to to watch some Bills football because I think if they don't, we've said it basically since they were five and one that if they didn't get there, then it would it would take quite the collapse, and that's just not something that this team seems. I mean, they're certainly capable of it. Any team is, but. I don't expect a huge drop off in their play at any point. You've got they've got a two game lead on every other wild card team, and sure the schedule will get tougher. But uh, I think to get this eighth win was so important. I wrote about it before the game that the the real key stat. You know everybody's going to point to that on all these playoff simulators that the Bills have an eighty percent chance to make the playoffs after beating the Broncos, which is true based on 538 or ESPNs or New York Times, whatever one you use. But the big thing to me was a win against the Broncos and two losses against the Cowboys and the Ravens still gives the Bills a 62% chance, Mm -hmm. whereas a loss to all three of those teams going 0-3 in this three-game stretch dropped them all the way down to 24%. So beating this team not saying they're definitely going to lose to the Cowboys and Ravens I think they'll be competitive in those games but now they're in a spot where even if they drop those games they're still in a pretty good position to make the playoffs a lot will come down to that Steelers game the Jets look somewhat dangerous now at the end of the year but beat the teams you're supposed to beat and you'll get to 10 wins and 10 wins will be enough at this point and yeah. looking at all these other teams yeah it should I mean I don't. I don't even know if it's possible for any of these. I mean, the way the schedules all mix, mix and match, I think some right. of these teams play each other. So uh, if they beat the Steelers, then the Steelers can't get. To, they'll eliminate the Steelers essentially if they can get to ten wins. The Browns are the one that I think if they rattle it off, they can get. They'd to have 10. to. They'd have to get to ten. They'd right. have to go what? Uh, that'd be winning eight in a row yes. to end the season. They were two and six. So. That'd be pretty wild. Uh, Bills still have not beaten a team with a winning record, but the Titans will have a winning record after today. Yes. So that would give them one. That would that would be called a backdoor cover. That's right. <laughs> in, in most most uh, capacities. Let's let's discuss Josh. Um, he we talked about the two big throws, but even though he had under two hundred yards in this game, played. A really efficient brand of football. And and the Bills went back to what they did last week, which was smart. And the fact that they simplified things for Josh Allen once again. He had basically the same personnel around him all game um, with John Brown, Cole Beasley, Isaiah McKenzie, Robert Foster in some spots, um, Dawson Knox, and Devin Singletary. That was basically the 
the five that they were going to. And right right out of the gates, they went to the no huddle thing again. And it helps because they're able to get information, look at the defense, diagnose things from both the field level and from up top, communicate. Uh, Dable can communicate up till 15 seconds. I mean, there's all of these different ways that they can look to exploit the Denver defense. And they needed basically any advantage they could get against this talented group because you know, John Brown was essentially a non-factor up until his touchdown. He dropped a pass over the middle that should have been a catch. Cole Beasley was his best friend today. If it weren't for Cole Beasley in the first half, you know, I don't know what this offense is doing. And But Allen played an efficient brand of football. He airmailed one. Um, he, he almost threw another pick where he... Yeah, that one should have been picked yeah, up. It should have been. It looked like throws. We've That one and the airmailed interception looked like throws that we have not seen. He hasn't really even had plays that were close to being intercepted well, since the Well, what's game. interesting about the interception, I, I asked him what happened, and he didn't give just like a cliche answer. He's like, well, the defense was in quarters. My my read in that is because I saw the safety come down as an over-the-top over look, but I didn't account for the safety on the backside. And, um, that's, that's, and he's like, I would make that decision every single time. Um, so, I mean, at least he was like mentally there with that pick, and it just wasn't a, a terrible, terrible shot. I'm sure a lot of it had to do with what the wide receiver sees in the defense and where he's cutting off his route too. But the, the other one, that, that should have been picked off because that was just a bad pass. But other than that, mostly an efficient day that you know bailed him out of some third downs. Which I mean, he's got that. Uh, it's it's a weird thing because you never want to say, "Oh, he's got the clutch gene. He's got the clutch gene." But in, when the spots get bigger, he doesn't really disappear, and that's a that's a nice thing to have on your side if you're the Bills. Yeah, I feel like there were plays he made where. And I feel like we've been pretty level-headed discussing him. Yes. You know, we obviously have to discuss him a lot. And, um, you know, you try not to ride the the highs and lows of, you know, the, the big swings that can happen, especially for a young quarterback. But this was – last week was fine, right? Throws for AFC Offensive Player of the Week, four touchdowns, made some really nice plays. But it didn't feel like – at times it almost didn't feel like – you know, game conditions, he's going to see that often because mm-hmm. the Dolphins were Terrible. aren't good and they were banged up. I mean, mm-hmm. so it was like, you know, what do you, you know, good game, but, you know, it was it was a nice confidence builder for sure. This one, the numbers weren't as good, but there were plays that he's going to need to make uh, against other teams and conditions that he's going to see against other teams. The two scrambles he made, I think, were – it's starting to become a thing for him. It's no longer just, oh, he's making these random plays. Guys can't bring him down. They're game planning for it and can't really do it uh, mm-hmm. successfully when he when he sets up defenders and, and makes a miss. I mean, these Broncos, you know, this Broncos front seven isn't um, a bunch of slappies. Well, pretty low slap quotient, I would say, <laughs> overall for these guys. Mm-hmm. That They should have been punting from their own five-yard line on that one play when he made three separate guys grasp at air and then turned it into an 18-yard gain. The first drive of the game, that ended up being a 12-play drive that they got a field goal on. The first drive of the game, I think it was third and 14, and he scrambled up the middle and dove for a first down. 
Third and 12 for a 14-yard game. Yeah, again, they should have been punting, and Mm -hmm. the drive goes 17 plays, they get three points. So instead of having a back-and-forth punt situation, you at least have six points on the board. The deep throw to John Brown, first one 30 yards or more in the air that he's completed this season. The one last week wasn't quite 30 yards, and I didn't consider that one the same type of throw as a quote-unquote deep ball. This was a go ball. This was a go ball thrown with touch on the money. Great catch, great throw. And I think, you know, that that's the type of throw that can start to snowball a little bit. Once Mm -hmm. you hit one, I think you can start to get back into that rhythm. We'll see if that remains true. And then the touchdown to Cole Beasley, one of his best plays of the year, I think. You know, taking the hit that he took Mm -hmm. and delivering that throw with – anticipation which we've talked about um you know and leading him perfectly accurate so sure 185 two touchdowns a pick another throw that should have been picked even if it were um it is a little bit easier to play in a game like this where i i I felt like you're sitting there and you're saying no matter what this guy does the broncos aren't scoring points Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that that offense wasn't scoring points so you feel a little bit more comfortable but that defense isn't going anywhere you know that that he's gonna have that the rest of the year and I think the way that he played today uh, in combination with the defense makes them uh, a team that's going to hang tough in some of these games. If he can continue to build off this, I feel like this two-game stretch is just what he needed heading into uh, the teeth of the schedule here. Those first two drives, uh, just first the first third down, third and nine, hits Cole Beasley for a 12-yard gain, moves the chains. Third and one on the next on the next set of downs. Sneaks the ball up the middle. Two-yard gain. Moves the chains. Next time, third and 12, which the one we talked about. 14-yard keeper by Josh Allen. Moves the chains yet again. Um, so they're just so, three separate examples right from there that helped extend that drive. And it ended up being a, a, almost a nine-minute drive. And that first quarter was done in 29 minutes. And that's with coin flip. So probably a, a lot quicker than that. The second, the second drive, again, the third and five... 18-yard run to extend it. This offense had 27 plays within their first two drives. Not, 29? No, not counting the field goals. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. This offense had 27 plays out there, which is kind of remarkable. So, um, <laughs> Not the formula you necessarily right. want because you're counting on – Brian Dable has talked about it. You're The more plays you have, the more you have to execute to get points, which I think is why those drives stall out and why the ones that don't, there's a big play. There's, uh, you know, the touchdown to John Brown. I think there was a big, another big throw to Cole Beasley before that touchdown throw, even uh, unless I'm getting my drives mixed up. Maybe that was Frank Gore, but that was uh, there was a big throw to Robert Foster on that on a third and eleven. So the, the one he got injured yes. on that touchdown drive to Cole Beasley, and that's why big plays become such a mm-hmm. key stat mm-hmm. as you you know try to figure out uh, the formula uh, for success on offense and defense and. That's the difference between touchdown drives and field goal drives when you're but the fact that they've been all year able to sustain these ten plus play drives, um, it's kind of crazy because you need to execute often to do that and pick up third downs and Josh Allen was really good in those situations. How today. about this for a stat? The Bills offense had twenty seven plays, um, field goals notwithstanding, in their first two drives. The Broncos had fifty for the game. Oh. Is that Stadler and Waldorf up top? 
<laughs> but yes, they uh, they were dominant. The defense was dominant, and and clearly, I mean, Josh Allen didn't get to two hundred. I, you know, I had someone in my pregame questions. He asked, yeah, "Give me a predicted stat line for Josh Allen," and I and I said, "One hundred ninety-four yards, a touchdown, a pick." And 24 rushing yards. And a lot of people are like, oh, that looks like a loss. I'm like, well, not necessarily. If you look at what Denver brings to the table and with how good of a defense the Bills have with them. And that's, I mean, he did a bit better than that. He had, I think, 185 yards at over 50 yards rushing, I think it was, right? Um, 56. 56 yards rushing. 230. Yep. Math on the fly. I don't know about that. 230 plus. But two touchdowns Uh, to a pick. And... You know, he, he got away with another pick, but I, I suppose that happens every once in a while. A guy is still, at this point, he's got 22 total touchdowns to eight uh, interceptions and three fumbles, I think. So, two to one right now. Fumbles lost, I should say. Yeah, he's got more fumbles than that, I was going to say. But two to one scores to turnovers. A solid step season, forward yes. in his second season. Not saying he's arrived as a franchise quarterback. Certainly the schedule hasn't, uh, you know, hasn't hurt. But the fact of the matter is he's playing the best football we've seen him play, I think, at the most important time for this team. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal for if they're going to be able to win a playoff game or at least even inspire that confidence. Because after that Browns game, you know, I think there were people that still realized, like, yeah, this team could still go to the playoffs, but man, if if the offense is playing like that, and the defense is still getting trampled uh, on the ground, what is there to you know even hang your hat on? We had that conversation of it's okay. You know, there were two types of fans: the ones that say, "Hey, just win. The wins are they all count. They all, mm-hmm. and you know, schedule be damned. If they get to the playoffs, I'm happy because that doesn't happen often." Which to those people, I say, good. Like, you know, that's a good mindset to have because they don't have seasons like this often. But there was another camp saying, I don't know if I should feel good about this team long term. And I'm not saying you necessarily should or shouldn't at this point. But I think these last two weeks should make you feel a bit better about the quarterback, uh, about the offense as a whole, and in turn, probably the team as a whole uh, yeah. going forward in, into um, you know, 2020 and beyond, because if they have that side of the ball right, then, you know, I think everybody knows that their defense is at least going to be above average most weeks. So if they can get things figured out on offense, who knows? Maybe they mess around and, and win a playoff game. Yeah, it would be wild. Uh, let's get into the defense. Uh, Tredavious White's the MVP of this team. Yeah, well, yes, but let's not just this game. The, the, team in general this season he's been incredible yeah he's been he's been really good and the way that he shut down Cortland Sutton was something and and we need to get into that but first you have a long day at work tough day at school still stuck at the office treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash 
DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Now, right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of 15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BUFFALO. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code BUFFALO. Don't forget, that's promo code BUFFALO for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Yeah, White has been incredible all season long. He, he came up with the first interception since week seven. Just a terrible pass by Brandon Allen, if we're being honest. But he probably could have come away with a couple more today. There was one where Taron Johnson got his hand on the ball. That He probably should have picked it. But even if he gets completely out of the way, Tredavious White was waiting there, probably easily walking into the end zone. And could have been a another touchdown for the Bills. There was another out route to Cortland Sutton that was completely thrown behind Sutton. And White was basically right there. And Sutton was pissed off <laughs> on that play. I remember that. He, he like stormed back to the huddle. Because he was so ineffective today. And he's been really good at overcompensating for what they've had at, at quarterback all year. But this one just came to a head, and, and he just wasn't able to do anything against Tredavious White. The guy has um, really just taken his game to a new level, and I will be very interested to see what those contract negotiations look like in a, a year or two, because will they want to hang on to him? Will they want to sign him long-term? Will they? Would they rather just continue to churn around in the cornerback market like some of the Carolina teams have done in the past. That'll be a compelling thing, but we're nowhere near that just yet. I do want to give a um, a bit of a, a hat tip to a guy that, that turned it around from last week, and that's Levi Wallace. Um, he played really well in this game, allowed the one reception to Tim Patrick that was basically at Patrick's shins. Uh, but Wallace started the game. Played 64% of the snaps by my count and really looked the part. And, and even though Allen was basically focusing his attention on Sutton, when he came off that read, there was nothing there to be had. And uh, he had to scramble a lot in the pocket. So good on Levi Wallace for turning it around because he needed he needed something to go his way after getting, I guess, in a way demoted to not the full-time starter, uh, and especially with how well Kevin Johnson played last week for the Bills. Yeah, they did a good job of shutting down those secondary options, uh, Patrick included, but Noah Fant, uh, Brandon Allen was trying to get the ball to him, and know it. it just wasn't working uh, because I think, and that's why I you know, hammer home that point about Tredavious White because what he does to a guy like Cortland Sutton opens up so many schematic advantages for the defense, different things they can do to disguise coverage, different ways Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer can play. It it just makes the defense uh, able to operate at a, a completely different level. If they couldn't trust him to take away a guy like Sutton, then, and, and we talked about it, Sutton is a different matchup for him, a mm-hmm. bigger physical dude that, um, you know, is, I don't want to, I don't think he's played a guy like that this year. Um, I mean, Odell Beckham's fairly large, but he's not, that type of receiver. Um, so to see him take that guy away and to see him do it week in and week out, now they go up against Amari Cooper uh, on Thursday. Who's a bit hobbled in this New England game, by the way. So, you know, again, it'll just make the way they can play against that high-powered offense completely different. And I think 
he certainly deserves credit. I know they play a lot of they play some zone defense, which probably um, you know makes people overlook Tre'Davious White. There's there's a lot of factors that make people overlook him, but today he was he was dominant against a really good player and a lousy quarterback, but a really good receiver. And uh, I think it helped everybody out. I mean, Shaq Lawson gets a couple sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Oliver got a sack. I mean, when you have that type of coverage in the back end, it can it can help get things rolling on, on the defensive line. They've got, what, 11 sacks the last two weeks? Yeah. Not a bad little total. Yeah. they. Um, and what we're seeing is Brandon Bean is probably smiling ear to ear from, from the press box when he's watching the defense because a lot of these guys are the ones that this regime has drafted that are stepping up in a huge way. Like uh, you brought up Milano earlier. Milano, he, you know, with due respect to Tredavious White and everything that he did, Milano might have been the best player on the field today. He was flying around. He was always in the hip pocket of Royce Freeman when they tried to get him out in space. He was there with Noah Font. He was he was there taking down Philip Lindsay in the backfield. I mean, the guy was just tremendous all game long. And um, he's when he's on his game. I mean, he plays at an extremely high level, and he was one of the big reasons last week why they just took off um, defensively and uh, and played the way that they did. And, and I'm sure the film will will reveal itself again with him because he was he was great. Tremaine Edmonds had another solid day, uh, just as he did against Miami. But Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver, to me, I think it was a little unfair the criticism that he was receiving when he got his benching. Um, I don't think he was playing poorly. I, I keep coming back to this because they've done it in the past to the good players, good young players, like the guy we just talked about, Matt Milano. I just have to wonder if Sean McDermott did this to keep Ed Oliver motivated and angry and, and all of those different things. And we, we discussed whether or not it would work with a guy like Ed Oliver, but, I mean, it, it basically has. And his snaps have gone up the last couple of weeks. He had more snaps, a more higher percentage of snaps last week than he did this one. But talk about maximizing what he's able to do. I mean, the guy was just winning his matchups constantly. Took one penalty, which and it took a personal foul penalty, which uh, uh, turned the Broncos from a sec- second and 15 into a first down. And that helped lead to the Broncos' only points of the day. So he can't be doing that sort of thing. But... When I went back and looked at it and and by play what they did, Jordan Phillips, who's the other three technique defensive tackle, and from a sack perspective, he's leading the way with with Ed Oliver. He just has a higher number. But I don't I really don't believe that Jordan Phillips has been the superior player. I think Ed Oliver has. And in this game, when Jordan Phillips was on the field, the Broncos averaged three point six net yards per play, which is still good. Ed Oliver was out there for 22 of the 50 snaps, uh, by my count. And and uh, the net yard average per play, he was out there, 1.5. And that's not always saying that both guys were uh, direct contributors to what happened on those given plays. But the fact that the disparity is so great leads me to believe that Oliver was winning his matchups a lot more than Jordan Phillips. Yeah, I think Ed Oliver's been right on track most of the season. Yeah, I agree. He's... Today was, you know, another good game for him. Uh, you know, Shaq Lawson oh, continues to play really well. I know it in a contract year. Yeah, he's gonna uh, make so some money. Good timing for him. He'll make money. I don't know if it'll be here, but he'll 
he'll certainly uh, he'll certainly cash in. They maybe would want that fifth year option the way that he's playing right now, quite frankly. But do you get this type of year out of that guy if you give him the fifth year option? True. I guess is the question yep. because he was pretty motivated, and they've been pushing the right buttons with these guys with Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips. I think Jordan Phillips is a guy that. Um, has needed to be involved the way that he is to to keep him playing at this level. And uh, they've pushed the right buttons on Ed Oliver, clearly, because I think he's continued to get better throughout the season. And now Shaq Lawson emerging. This defensive line is playing really well. Uh, and we'll, they'll get put to the test against a couple of really good offensive lines in the next two weeks. But Still probably an area they, they'll want to address in the offseason yeah. as edge rusher, but yeah. uh, that's probably because uh, Jack Lawson might be playing himself out of town. Yeah, he's he's pricing himself. In a out good of, way. Yes, pricing himself out of Buffalo potentially. And another reason it's a need is because Trent Murphy has been very underwhelming um, as a pass rusher. Run defender, fine, sure. Just He's just not getting heat on the quarterback. And at this point... We have enough of a sample size. It's been almost two seasons. Last year, I know he was a bit injured, but I mean that it's it's time to see something from him. And it's not even to say, oh yeah, cut him in the offseason because that's probably not going to do you any good because you still need four guys or at least three guys the way that they like to rotate their defensive ends. But Murphy is clearly, to me anyway, just a rotational piece. And that's a bit of a disappointment for the Bills for the money that they gave him. But they were also taking a somewhat of an, an educated risk based on his season before, his injuries, and you know coming off the injuries that he did. They were hoping that they would get more, that he would outperform his contract, but he, he hasn't. And he's underperformed based on the contract. He's only got one year left on the final year. It's not going to kill their cap to keep him. So I, I, I just tend to think that pass rusher, regardless of what we've seen, continues to be um, on the short list for them. Yeah, no doubt. I think he's a guy that, you know, I liked the, the signing at the time because I didn't think it was, I, and I still don't think the money was ridiculous no. given how much room they had under the cap. And like you said, a little bit of a calculated risk. And hey, to have a guy like that as a, rotational guy not bad considering yeah. the way he can play run defense and knowing that there is some pass rush potential in there somewhere but injuries like that and he's going to be 29 soon you know sometimes can rob a guy of just enough of his explosiveness to to take away uh, a big part of his game so they're they're fortunate that Shaq Lawson is stepping up the way that he is otherwise that might be a bit of a hole on their defensive line oh yeah let's give out some awards um Let's go first with the Matt Barkley Award for the player that uh, popped up and had a nice game out of nowhere. I think I will give this to Spencer Long because Mitch Morse went down with a finger injury. Um, they, they needed John Feliciano to slide over to center. They brought in Spencer Long to right guard. And the Broncos didn't have a ton of success in A, stopping the run, or B, bringing down Josh Allen. And, and some of it was Allen breaking tackles, but... You know, Long being able to come in, and I think that was the first snap of his in probably a month and a half or so. Uh, that's that's a, that's a nice job by him. So I'm I'm gonna give it to good old Spencer Long, who I guess we'll have to see whether or not Mitch Morse will be ready by Thursday. Yeah, the depth on the offensive line certainly paid off, and 
it was a finger injury for Morse, which can make snapping the football true difficult. Yes. So you have to wonder if that's why, you know, he was kind of held out and we'll see if he can turn it around. Maybe they can come up with some sort of splint to, to get him going. But if not, they've got enough of a, uh, enough of enough depth on the offensive line to move pieces around and make it work. And they showed that today, uh, Feliciano being able to move over there is yeah. nice as well. So solid game overall from the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, honorable mention to Robert Foster before his hamstring injury, that 24 yard uh, catch and run up the field. He was zooming on that play and then pulled up on the hammy. And he's, we probably won't see him for a few weeks. That, that would be my guess. Uh, all right. The Dre Archer award for the player that did not show up, at all this week, do you have a candidate? I'll go with Trent Murphy. Sure. He yeah. really didn't do much in this game. And uh, with, especially with Shaq Lawson continuing to emerge, it's sort of underscoring um, the lack of production they're getting from Murphy. And, you know, this is the time when the competition should bring out the best. And right now, still waiting for him to respond to, you know, his teammate uh, outperforming him in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no, no disagreement there. The Vontae Davis award for the player that did not show up in the second half. Man, I don't even know. Um, how about Brandon Allen? He only threw for four yards. (laughs) (laughs) Got to give it to the other team. I suppose the way that they played. Uh, let me look here. Cortland Sutton didn't catch a pass in the second half. I don't believe Beasley caught a pass in the second half. Yeah. I don't think he did. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. BZ. No, yes, he did. He had the Didn't touchdown. He had, he had I'm the sorry. Touchdown. Okay. I was going to say. I rescind. I rescind. Um, it's going to Brandon Allen. Yeah, it's going to Brandon. Cortland Sutton. Yeah. They were invisible. Yes, they were. And then the Come On Darlene Award. Uh, I, I have one from early in the week. I know you've been saving one up, so why don't you just. Yeah. It, it's, it's just. People need to learn geography is is basically my come on, Darlene. Um, Look at uh, Joe, all high and mighty, went to college or something. No, it's geography. just it's geography of the United States. You just got to know where cities are. Like uh, I saw this one. I don't even know who the hell did it. Um, they did a east-west realignment of teams, eight divisions, four teams a division. And they labeled one the Rocky Mountain Division. They put Dallas in the Rocky Mountain division when, and they didn't have Houston in the same division. Like they didn't, they didn't keep the same teams from the same conferences. It was just, and then they had another Atlantic division, which was, which featured, or the Northeast division, which featured both New York, New Jersey teams with Buffalo and New England. Buffalo's not anywhere close to those. And Philly is closer to that. But apparently because they're all in New York, they have to be in the same thing. So I just thought it was a a very um, didn't they jam a bunch of southeast teams? Yes, into the that's southwest? right. They put Nashville and and Atlanta in the southwest and division. New Orleans. I think I have I have less of a problem with the New Orleans one than Atlanta, Tennessee. My God, Arizona was in the Rocky Mountain division. I just there was no rhyme or reason to any of it, and you could fix it with like five changes. Look at okay. look at Joe letting this anonymous slapdick Twitter account 
live rent-free in his head all week. Well, come on, Darlene, to Joe. No, it. no, come on, Darlene, to them. Be better. Be better. No geography. And if you're going to come up with some divisional realignment crap that's never going to happen, at least do do it accurately. That's all. That's my rant. I'm going to give my come on, Darlene, to Joe from Buffalo Wins. Ooh, friend of the show. Um, yeah, friend of the show. He sent in a nomination today of this quite large fella. Oh, he'll turn. Topless with body paint that said, our Allen is better. And quite frankly, I didn't need to see that. (laughs) And he tweeted it at us and made sure that we saw it. And if not for that, I don't think I would have seen it. Uh, And so come on, Darlene, to to Joe, because uh, just next time, maybe... Maybe just send that to, to Joe over here. Uh, maybe we need to come up with a, an email address where we send these uh, these nominations for Come On Darlene so that I don't need to see these things. I give kudos to the man who took his shirt off. Yeah. Despite being quite a large fella. Yes. Uh, he He's done it, it before. He, yeah, he was, that, it was the same guy as uh, another friend of the show, Prescott Rossi, formerly of a Rochester TV station. He He took a either video or photo of that guy and screenshotted it and it had a different message on it but yeah i mean it's it's not it's not as though it's his first rodeo so come on darlene yeah Yeah. know your audience act like you've been there before (laughs) he's gonna is my point he's gonna light his light his phone on fire (laughs) um all right so the bills eight and three after 11 games just a win away from Matching uh, their best total since the start of the decade. Right? Am I wrong? Yeah, they haven't had a 10-win season since... The 90s. The Clinton administration, right? Yeah. Yeah, they would, they would match uh, the 9-win team from a couple of years ago, and then the Marone, the fight in Marones, and then another one from, I think, was Malarkey? It 2004. Did Malarkey? Malarkey, Malarkey had a 9-win yeah. season. Yeah. So last ten win season was Wade Phillips, right? Or am I wrong? Did they not even get ten under Wade? That would be Wade. Yeah, that was the Music City. Let's see. Yeah, they 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 got ten that year at least. Ten wins. They're two wins away. Last time they had ten wins, according to my math, was nineteen ninety nine when they had eleven wins. Yes. And, and they lost in the wild card the year before. They had ten wins and they lost in the wild card. Mm-hmm. They held themselves to such a standard that they then fired their coach the next year after going eight and eight. And since, how could they have known? It's been what was to come. If only they had known <laughs> what was to come. Best start since 1996. Yep. When they finished ten and six and lost in the wild card, haven't won a playoff game since 1995. Maybe they can. Maybe they can throw that anvil into Lake Erie. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> That's a Russ Brandon reference for you, Russ Brandon fans out there. Man, you're That's just, my payback for Joe. Yeah, you're just playing all the hits. that picture You're just at playing us. all the hits for Joe Buffalo wins out there. Shout out to the former marketing guy of the Bills, Russ Brandon. He was just the marketing guy. Big listener, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, Tim, you, Tim, you got anything to add up there? No, I didn't watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There it is. Uh, oh, and almost to come on Darlene to us for not mentioning Frank Gore. Um, True. Fra- come on. 
<laughs> See, he did have something to add. He was lying. Frank Gore passing Barry Sanders today. Super cool being able to be here to see that. And, you know, I, I wanted to sit in on his press conference and he was a, not over emotional, but he was a lot more talkative than, than I guess he usually is. And um, just reflecting on all of it and how everyone counted him, counted him out, all of these different things and how he was supposed to be out of the league in two, three years. It was a pretty cool moment watching watching him do all that, and you know, seeing uh, seeing the. It looked like for a time that we would almost have to give the come on Darlene to the Bills because when Gore was tied with Barry Sanders, they proceeded to have Devin Singletary in the game for the next five snaps. Uh, they opened up the drive with. They opened up the. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was for. Let's see. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven snaps. Eleven snaps without Gore as he's just sitting there tied with good old Barry Sanders. Come on, Darlene. And he went backwards, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Sure as hell did. Andre Roberts. What about Andre Roberts? Yeah, very nice game that he returned in the football. Oh, yes. That is true. Andre Roberts had a great game. I have no idea if the mic is picking up, Tim, but if it's not. Andre Roberts, yes. Yeah, Tim is giving his shout-out to Andre Roberts. Where are his stats? He had a nice yeah. little... <laughs> he had five punt returns for 41 yards, an average of 8.2, and two kick returns for 41 yards, an average of 20.5. Still waiting for that first tutty. But he's been he sneaky is, good this year. Yeah, he's he's getting them some, some chunks of yardage. Ooh! I, I might have a secondary come on Darlene here. You ready? How about the Broncos punting down 17 with 10 to go? Yeah. That's, that's the cowardly bad. lion right there before he gets some courage. Yeah, that's not good. That's awful by Vic Fangio. One of them was a real shank, too. They only netted it was that like, one. They only netted like uh, how many yards did they net on that? That was a bad You reap bad what you punt. sow. Wow, eight punts for 355 punt yards for Wadman. Yeah. Four punts for Bajorquez. He did not have a punt. Until the second half. All four inside the 20. Yep. All right. So, uh, franchise punter. Quick little track <laughs> this week. Uh, the Bills, they have like a, a light muted practice tomorrow, which is Monday. Uh, then they get a, their one, I guess, finger quotes, big practice in on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, they travel to Dallas for the game on Thanksgiving. Uh, the next time you will hear from us will be on Tuesday for a bit of a, uh, a special uh, episode that we've got lined up for you. We'll have, uh, we'll obviously have more on that for you right here on the feed. And then the next, the time after that you'll hear for, from us will be after the game on Thursday. There won't be a preview pod this week. Uh, so direct all your complaints to at Matthew Fairburn and send him pictures of, uh, of, the one that Joe Buffalo send them did. all to Buffalo wins. Yeah, send Buffalo them wins. at Buffalo wins. Okay, the Bills eight and three on the season after a twenty to three win over the Denver Broncos. We will talk to you on Tuesday, and until then, have a great week, everybody. <laughs>